Do you want to reach the people that you love most with the good news of God's grace? Join author and international evangelist Sammy Tippett as he interviews Christian leaders who will ignite your passion to bring others to Christ. Welcome to another uh, edition of Ignite Your Passion. So we're excited about this podcast, and and we've got Dr. Robert Coleman with us again today. Uh, we, we heard him in our previous podcast talking about revival, and he shared a, a, a wonderful story of his first church where he preached and how God uh, did a mighty work in uh, his heart and the church's heart and uh, ringing the bell, uh, calling people to Christ. And what, what a blessing that was. Dr. Coleman, we're so glad to have you again with us. Thank you for coming back to be with us again. Well, it's a privilege to be with you, Sammy. Well, and this is certainly a great occasion to have a theme like this on revival and evangelism. And uh, today we're going to talk about your book, Master Plan of Evangelism, because that that is a classic. Uh, uh, in seminaries all across America, they study that book. Uh, I think you told me it's been translated into about a hundred languages. Is that correct? That's correct. That's right. And so all over the world, people have been reading this. This has become um, really, uh, I think, uh, a standard for us in evangelism and it, one that won't go away. I mean, the, the truth, the principle is there. It was in the New Testament. Uh, it was great when you wrote it. How long ago did you write that? That goes back about 60 years now. Wow. It's amazing. And and still today, in fact, uh, I'm I'm applying those principles in my own ministry today, and and God's blessing in in, in ways that I never dreamed or imagined were possible. So these are these are just some good, sound biblical truths about evangelism. Tell me, uh, what what caused you to write the book in the in the beginning? Uh, what what happened? Well, I had been uh, a pastor now for a few years, was in seminary. And I'd gone on and gotten my, my doctorate and was teaching at Asbury. In the discipline of evangelism, I'd never had a formal class in evangelism, hadn't even read a textbook on it. But here I was supposed to develop a whole department. They had never taught it there before. It's not like the Southern Baptists that it had departments of evangelism in their seminaries from the beginning. But I didn't have that training. And here... I was supposed to teach evangelism. Hmm. So I decided, well, I'll go back to to the basics. And I selected as my first class, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he called it the evangelism of Jesus. Hmm. And my discipline was, we'll just read the New Testament gospels, and then we'll ask the question, what did Jesus do, and how does that relate to our lives? Now, I'd finished... Uh, Basically, my ministry as a pastor for about six years, and I'd been out in evangelism here and there, but I'd never really studied what Jesus did in his own personal ministry. But as I did, I began to see some principles that had not been brought into focus in my own ministry. I was so busy keeping up with the program and having uh, meetings and going to birthday parties and, of course, preaching having revival meetings, but I really had no concept of developing the spirit of reproduction by developing relationships in the church in small groups. But I began to see that as I read through the Gospels again and again, mm. 
That was our text. But then I said, are you doing it? Well, I have to confess to my shame. I'd been so busy doing other things. I'd really not given much attention to my own development of relationships in the church, particularly in smaller groups where people would get together honestly with God. Hmm. And I said, well, I'm not a, I'm not a, a pastor now. I, I appreciate that opportunity, but I'm, I'm a professor. But if these principles are true, they have to be true in any situation, at any time, in any culture. You just have to adapt to, to the principles, to the reality. And I said, well, I'll start where Jesus did. I'll just get some students around me and I'll spend some time with them. And I remember that first class, I announced I'll be in my office in the morning at six o'clock. If anyone you'd like to come down and read the Bible with me and pray with me, you'll be my guest. And that's how I started this nearly, well, it's now over 50 years ago, going on nearly 60 years ago. And I've been doing it ever since. I, I meet with little groups of people even now. In fact, I have about three groups I meet with. Some are older men that are about like me. Some are students that I gather here and there. And a new group I meet in the backside of Bob Evans' restaurant. Hmm. It's just a community group, not a religious group, but they ask me to pray every time we come together. Wow. But building relationships. And I saw that, what Jesus was doing. He was certainly going out preaching to crowds, sometimes numbering thousands. And the reason people would turn out was because they had seen the demonstration of the power of God in his ministry. People were being healed. The blind were seeing. The demons were cast out of those possessed. The gospel was preached to the poor. People were gathering by the thousands. One time we're told 4,000, another time 5,000 men that counted the women and children. I expect there were maybe 15, 20,000 people there listening to Jesus. Great interest in his ministry because the evidence of the gospel was manifest in the way people's lives were being touched. Yeah. I saw that, but that's not where he spent most of his time. I began to realize he began with just gathering a few people around him, mostly just people that he gathered where he met them, fishermen, businessmen of all things. One of them was a tax collector. And he was with these people for the better part of three years in his ministry. He was still preaching to crowds, but he concentrated from the very beginning on developing disciples who in turn could reproduce what he was doing. And finally, at the end, he gave his last command to the church, to those who had followed him to the end. He said, you go now and you do what I've been doing. You make disciples. You replicate now in your lives what you have seen me do in your lives. And they could understand it because the Great Commission had been lived out before their very eyes. Yes. And that's the secret. Yes. It's yeah. not just a program or a campaign. It's a lifestyle. It's what everybody could practice. It's the priesthood of all believers. We've been talking about that for a long time, but what does it mean to the average person to be a ministering priest, as the Bible tells us we all are when we follow Jesus? Yeah. Well, in a practical way, it means making disciples where you live. Yeah, And you yeah. start where you are with the crowd that God gives you in the beginning with your own family. You start there. 
And the principles that you learn in the family become the principles then of the Great Commission. There's nothing new. It's just practical reality in living out what Jesus did himself while he was amongst us. And when that comes through to the congregation, the church comes alive, not with a great crowd, but with some that have caught the vision of the kingdom of God coming through the people who love Jesus. And they're reproducing that same pattern in their life, of course, in the context where they live. You don't have to be uh, ordained priest. None of disciples of Jesus in the beginning were were priests in the terms of the religious uh, curriculum of their day. They were just ordinary people. And we've got to get that concept into the congregation. But how does it manifest itself every day in ministry? Well, it does just like Jesus with a few disciples, with a few people and teaching them in turn to do the same things. In fact, I quote in this book, Master Plan, when Jesus was asked if he was a pastor, what he would do. And he said, well, I'd just do what Jesus did. I'd get me a handful of people. I'd pour my life into them for a few years. Then I'd turn them loose and ask them to reproduce what they've seen in me. That's the plan that is so simple. Sometimes we overlook it. Yeah, that's the master plan of evangelism. That's the master plan. You know, you know I'll, that's tell you, it. I'll tell you that um, uh, churches, if, if they could catch this, you know, it, it would be explosive. I mean, God it would be incredible things. When I was pastor in Germany, I, I mentioned that a little bit in our last um, uh, podcast that we did. Uh, I, it was a good church uh, uh, there in Germany, American military community, small church. But uh, boy, you know, no one had a vision for the world. And I was preaching my heart out and doing everything I knew and nothing was happening. And someone challenged me to do what you said. And that is just to get a few men and uh, and I did almost exactly what you you just described. I said I said to any man, if if you want to meet with me and learn how to walk with God, I'll meet with you at six o'clock. And we met at the NCO club. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. six o'clock in the morning, one Thursday morning. My wife met with some ladies on Wednesdays, and we just started teaching them how to have a time alone with God, how to open their Bible. Most most people didn't even know how to do that. <laughs> Amen. You know, and as they as they just started reading the Word and spending time with God, God did something in their lives. And we started having people come to church as a result of them Mm -hmm. sharing with others. So I realized then, okay, they're learning to pray. Now they need to learn to share their faith. So I taught them how to share their testimony, how to present the gospel. And boy, our church exploded. And then I said, okay, I I told uh, our men, and my wife told the ladies, those people that are coming to Christ through you, I want you to start meeting with them. I'm going to keep meeting with you, but I want uh-huh. you to start meeting with them and do just what I've done with you. And our, exactly. church, uh, our church in literally one Sunday after we, I said on Sunday evening, I want you to, before the service, I want you to bring your groups together and then come to the church. Our church quadrupled in one Sunday when we did that. <laughs> and, Amen. And, and we had to move out of the building into a, a, an auditorium uh, at the high school and, and start meeting there on Sunday evenings. We went to multiple services on Sunday morning, but it was all built upon these small groups. And do you know what yes. happened? Whenever I left 
there. Of course, this is an American military community. Whenever I left, one of the men that I had discipled, the only thing he had ever done in church was pass out bulletins. He became the pastor. <laughs> and the church continued <laughs> to, to multiply until they sh- shut the base down, of course, um, uh, eventually. And, uh, and, and so everyone scattered. But, but I, I, I saw him, by the way, all of those people that, that were in that church, I mean, in those guys, I'm talking about the, 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 that original group of guys and, and ladies that we took and discipled, every one of them to this day are leaders in churches around America. Mm-hmm. It's some of the greatest fruit, uh, lasting fruit. I look back with such great joy on that. And so I, I, I would really encourage pastors. So uh, this master plan of evangelism is basically, and, and is is basically you pouring your life into others, your walk with God into others, and reproducing that. Tell me this, uh, because I think it it starts with, and first of all, it has to be that pastor or that leader or whoever it is. This mm-hmm. start, they have to have a authentic walk with God. Talk about that a little bit. Well. The leader has to exemplify what he's trying to teach. So Jesus said, follow me. Mm-hmm. And by following him, you're going to become a fisher of men because you can't follow him very far without realizing that's what he's doing. So the one who's in front has to be a demonstration of what he's trying to teach. And that's the hard part. Yeah. Because it means a consistent life. It means you're relating now to the way you live every day. But it's how Jesus wants us all to live. It's it's nothing new or nothing particularly revolutionary in its beginning. But the principle inevitably reproduces. Just like when we start with a family, we usually start with one or two, maybe maybe sometimes three or four. But... It's natural to reproduce, and it's the reproduction, finally, that shows the quality of the teaching that has been received as you've grown up together. But being with the parents, the children, just naturally catch what the parents have, and they, in turn, import that to others. So the basic idea of walking with Jesus, living with him, learning to pray, the quiet times with him, as well as the times when you have formal teaching. But it's just a simple way of life that is the ministry in action. That is the master plan. And to bring it down into a concept where everybody can understand it, I think, is this idea of a small group, a sort of a family principle. And then let those in that group impart to others what they have learned. Nothing new in this. It's just getting back to the basics. We are so anxious to get a big group together, a big crowd. We rush ahead of the simplicity of raising the kids. Yeah. And we can't do that and expect reproduction. Yeah. And you, and you know, one of the things that I, I found out in my own ministry there at, in Germany was that my preaching, you know, I, you know, I, Boy, I studied, I poured over the Word, and I, and I tried to be faithful to the Word, to the Scripture. I tried to present it in a way that was understandable. But it wasn't until we started the small groups that people began to apply it. People would say amen in the pew, 
but it was only in the small group that you could talk about, okay, how do you apply this to your life? Mm -hmm. And it's that application that really, uh, that, that, that is so powerful and, and, you know, where they can ask questions where they can say, okay, how do we live this out? And what do I do from here? <laughs> I'll tell you one story. I, I taught the guys how to share their testimony and said next week. Now I want you to tell everybody who you shared your testimony with. And an attorney on the base called me and said, Sammy, the next day he called me, said, Sammy, come to my office immediately. I, I, I need you over here right now. <laughs> I went there and said, what's wrong? And uh, he had a guy who was being put out of the military and came for legal advice. And he said, well, he gave him his legal advice and he said, this is off the record, but, but I want to share something. And he pulled out his little four-point outline of uh -huh. his testimony, shared it with him. And the guy began to weep and said, this is what I need. He said, oh, no, Sammy didn't tell me what to do. <laughs> and so we went over there. But, but it's that kind of walking out and living out. Mm -hmm. guys. So, uh, so that's, that's the reproduction process. Um, how, how does that work out? Is it, do, you, do you recommend um, small group meetings like you're doing? You've got, you said you have three. Is that right? Uh, I have three. They're all different, but I, I, it's not necessarily the way anybody else would do it. You have to find a way that works in your situation. Mm -hmm. And not being a pastor, just a professor, this works fine with me, though I still go out and preach in meetings. But it's well, the relationship that, that counts. I have six guys, six young guys that I meet with who live in different parts of the world and we meet on Zoom using Zoom technology, and we meet, and uh, and and we just uh, just like I did in Germany. But it's mm -hmm. guys from all over the world. So I mean, there's some ways to do this today that are uh, pretty unique. Exactly, and technology is what God has given us now to use. You mentioned Zoom. There's a wonderful way to have a small group, just asking questions, answering questions and showing your affection for one another just by being together. Yeah. We have to be alert to the situation where we can utilize whatever uh, method or technique is available. Yeah. But God can work through all these things for his purpose. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, a few years ago, um, I, the Lord put it on my heart, not only to, I've been preaching large meetings all over the world, but put it on my heart to, to just in each one of those countries, gather a handful of evangelists mm -hmm. and pour my life into them. So I did that in Brazil, and there was one guy who was a staff evangelist in a church, and uh, man, he caught the vision. He caught the vision. And he, uh, took, he started doing this in Brazil, and it was so effective that the Brazilian Baptist Convention asked him to become the director of evangelism for, for Brazil. He's now director of evangelism for the whole convention in Brazil. And he has started a church, what he calls a church multiplication movement, whereby they have small group discipleship that reproduce themselves. And then through that, they are uh, uh, winning people to Christ. And it's just exploding. I'm going there in April to speak to their movement, uh, this same place. They have using WhatsApp, uh, about 200,000 people broken down into small groups. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just, it's just an amazing thing that's taking place. So it's, it's powerful. 
It's powerful. It is powerful. What one thing in, in, in the book would you say is the most important truth or principle uh, 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 about this reproduction process? If you were to pull out one truth that is, that is critical that everyone know, I know you said the personal life of the person who is, is doing this. Is there anything else? Well, that personal life it becomes a reality when you're together. So the principle of being with, Jesus was using that, being with a few people who are, you might say, spiritual children. And they were learning by being with him. That's a principle you can't avoid. Which way you go, you've got to, you've got to do that. Even when he was busy out doing things all over town, at night he told his disciples, now you go back to the same place every night and you stay there. And that's the place you'll be able to teach at least the people that live in that house what you are and what you believe. And don't try to get beyond this, but you you do what you can while you're there with the few people that God has given you. And I believe when we make this a matter of prayer, he will bring a few people into the context of our life that are ready to learn. And you look for those yeah. people that have a learning mind. The yeah. word disciple means learner. Thank God he's not finished with any of us yet. We've still got a lot more to learn. And that principle of learning is what makes you just reach out and want to know more about God, about Jesus. Yeah. And you do it by being with him and then with those that God brings into your life, just like you're raising a spiritual family. Yeah. And uh, that, that learner spirit is, and, and that was the thing that I think with the guys that I met with in Germany, they, they, they came, I said, you know, whoever wants to come can come. And one of the interesting things that I found was I only had one who was a deacon or anyone in a leadership position. The guys who came were guys on the periphery of the church. Mm -hmm. They came on Sunday mornings, but didn't do it. They just came to church because they wanted to know more about Jesus. They didn't want to have a position or they, they just wanted to grow. And those guys came and they became the spiritual leaders. And ultimately they became the, the church leaders as well. But uh, one other question, how do you make sure that as you do this, that these small groups uh, don't just turn inward, but also begin to reach outward. Uh, because I've seen this happen sometimes where yes, it, groups just become it, inward. In fact, it, it naturally happens unless you do turn outward. And you've got to reach the reproduction stage, or you just in, inevitably you begin to concern the same things over and over again that you've already learned. But that's why you keep the vision of the kingdom before you, reaching out. And that vision continually expands wherever we are. And, of course, ultimately, it is the world. Yeah. There's no difference between home missions and foreign missions in the Bible. It's just one great big world that God loves and for whom Jesus died. But the vision of reaching beyond yourself to others that God loves, that is going to overflow as you keep that vision before them. and. So you have you have a missionary spirit, whether you get out or not. I know I was raised where we I didn't have a lot of uh, missionary focus in it coming up. But mom, she, she she once said when she was a girl, she wanted to be a missionary. Didn't work out that way, but 
it turned out she had that missionary vision. She was talking about missions all the time. One of the last things she said to my sister when she died in her arms, she says, Joy, be sure my missionary pledge is paid up. When you're talking about missions all day long, it's going to catch on in your family. And that vision of reaching someday the end of the trail, when finally God gathers his people from all the nations to praise him, to love him, and to adore him and have their joy in him forever. That's a joy that overflows your soul. My dear wife passed away just just two years ago, and I'm still trying to figure out how to get along. But we were a team. We worked together. And it was beautiful to see how that could overflow. And that's the vision that you want to impart to this group that caused them to reach out. And you reach the world by getting to the person next to you or a person you work beside or the person who in some providential way has come into your life. Those are the people especially that God has arranged for you to be with. Not that you're the only one. Thankfully, there are others impacting that life, and, and hopefully they can do a better job imp- influencing them than I can. I'm not the only one involved. The whole family's involved. Other people in the church are involved. But you've got to be with people. You've got to be with someone who you can share your vision with, share your story with, yeah. and then share together how God is leading you on to something new and something better. Yeah. And you know, one of the things in this generation, I think that's really exciting is that God has brought the world to us. Yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's this movement of people and, uh, you know, here in the United States in almost every community, there are people from various nationalities who have the opportunity if they were discipled and ministered to could, touch and affect nations around the world. I I just did a pastor's conference in Kenya, Africa, with about 200 pastors with a guy who lives here in the United States who is Kenyan, and and he uh, he caught this vision, and so he's he's over in Kenya right now, and through Zoom, I, I preached and trained these pastors that he's connected to over in, in Kenya. And so, uh, you know, there, there are people right here in our own community. We have the opportunity to do this. If we'll, if we'll open our arms and look around us, there, there are people that God has brought into our communities that, that if we were to disciple them and train them and help them, they could reach incredible numbers of people around them. That's exactly it. I mean, you've said it better than I could say it. We all have the same opportunity with a few people. Yeah. And beyond that, of course, is, is the waiting world. We um, always look to the day when finally the Great Commission will be fulfilled. And that's why I think a lot about heaven now more than I used to, because I know more people there now than I know on earth. <laughs> but the vision grows as you get closer to the kingdom. Yeah. Well, I, I want us to kind of wrap this up just a little bit, but... um. Uh, I, one thing that I want to share, and then I want to ask you about your book here, um, the large churches, small churches, this really doesn't matter the size of the church, not at all. And it's not a program. It's a life of imparting the word and imparting your life to a small group of people who have the vision to do the same thing and reproduce and multiply. Exactly. Uh, Now, 
you were telling me that uh, people could order your book or you're, you're putting together something where uh, people could get the book real and expensively if they wanted to do this on a large scale. Uh, tell us how, what, what you're talking about that, because the book uh, goes into detail of the things we've been discussing. And it's, it's a classic, and, and I cannot recommend it uh, highly enough. It's, it's just a, a great book, and it goes down to the truth that I believe if we could catch this vision, God would use it in a mighty way. So what, what, are, what are you offering here uh, for people to, to, to Well, some, some pastors as well as evangelists have asked if they could get that book at a quantity rate so they wouldn't have to pay the, the markup that you get in a bookstore. And so I talked to the publisher and I said, we don't want a royalty or anything, but what can you give us the book just at the printing cost? And they brought down to about a, if I got as many as 80 uh, or 15,000, we get it down to about a dollar 75 book. This is the uh, $13 book, 12 95, which is the better book. And it's the one that has Roy Fish's study guide in the back of it. The introduction of by Billy Graham, because this is what Billy Graham recommends. He made me the dean of his international schools to teach this to pastors all over the world. And it makes sense wherever the culture doesn't matter. It's the principle of just growing up a family of God that reproduces. And so I, I made that available. And, and I've done this with different groups at different times to get it down to a price that would be reasonable enough. And by get, but uh, 10 or 15 or 20,000, we can get it down to the printing cost, which is about, once you figure in the, everything, it's about $1.75, maybe a little less if you get more. And the books are sent from the printer press. I don't have anything to do with it. Uh, and by motor freight, the cheapest way they can send them. And it would be about $1.75 a book if we get that many. So to, in order to get the, the quantity, we're going to have to say we, take an order of about a thousand more possibly one evangelist here that lives nearby said he wants 2,500. I think we'll get 15,000, but at least it'll be a dollar 75. So maybe someone, less if we get more. If someone and, wants that, uh, would like to get in on that. They need to, would want, need an order of a thousand that they want to use in their ministry and, 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 of whether it's a state convention or whether it's an evangelist or a pastor, uh, they they would need to contact you. Uh, they could contact me or give the order to you. All I would need is just the address I would give to the printer, and they would be sent out. The the uh, it it'd be probably a month before we could get the thing printed, but it, it would would be within the next month, I think, and it would be a. Uh, an operation, there's no royalty, no no profit in it. It's just to get it out. And some places where they've done this, they may even uh, sell the book. You get it for a dollar seventy-five. It's a you know thirteen-dollar book. The, you could sell them if you wanted to, to more than cover your cost. But some they just buy them in quantity. The Missouri Conference of the Southern Baptist uh, Convention in Missouri, they gave everybody that came to the to the con- uh, to the conference a copy. Uh, and that was down at New Orleans Baptist Seminary uh, last year, and I gave some lectures on evangelism. Everybody that came got a free book. Hmm. And we we can do that by getting it at a reduced cost. And right. uh, that well, way, it's a, it's a good investment. Well, listen, I is nothing better than um, uh, something like that for 
for really, especially if you start doing what we've been talking about, then, exactly. then you start multiplying this out and it goes very, very quickly. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. So if you, any of you are interested in getting that or doing something like that with it, contact me at uh, info at sammytippet.org. Info at sammytippet.org. Just send an email. Tell us you're interested in that. And I'll get that on over to Dr. Coleman and uh, let him know. And we'll just go from there. And, and as he said, there'll be about $1.75 plus shipping charges. It would be all it would be. It'd be just purely at cost. And what an opportunity. Uh, let's, let's take this. Let's take this concept. I hope this, what we just talked about and discussed is not just a discussion. But my prayer is that every one of us who've been listening to this will really apply this. It is powerful. And, and I'm just going to close by sharing this, that, you know, we talked about revival in the last podcast, and then we talked about the master plan of evangelism in this one. I believe the master plan is the wineskin that will hold the new wine. <laughs> I believe Amen. this is discipleship. Uh, Amen. Reproducing through is, is, you know, why would God pour out his spirit if people go out the back door as quick as they come in the front door? Uh, exactly. So uh, th this is a way in which not only reproduces and grows and multiplies, but it enables you as a pastor, you as a leader to build something in your church that, that holds that outpouring of God's spirit. And um, so I, I want to encourage you to apply what you've heard today to get a copy of the book. If you, do, if you can't do the mass thing, then get a copy yourself personally and begin to apply this. Go through it, read right. it, mm -hmm. and, and apply it. Dr. Coleman, thank you. It has been such a thank blessing. Thank you, Sammy. And, and I appreciate it. It's an honor to be with you. And I'm, I'm rejoicing in the way God has put his favor on your ministry and may it continue to multiply and spread to the ends of the earth. God bless Amen. all of you. Amen. And Let God me have bless a chance. You. To, I want to praise God with you. And thank you for this privilege of sharing uh, with you in your ministry today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, and God bless you. We hope you've been encouraged. If you'd like to hear more, visit sammytippett.org. There you'll hear podcasts, watch daily devotionals, and obtain books by Sammy that will ignite your faith, your love of family, and a passion to reach others.